Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. We dive into Four Down Territory. Round one goes to uh, Joel Embiid. Here's Embiid. Shot clock down to five. Wants to take Jokic. Step back three. Hit it! 47 for Joel. Yep. Round one, Joel Embiid, Jokic, Embiid, battle of MVP heavyweights. And Embiid was the winner in this one. 47 points, 18 rebounds as the Sixers rally from 15 down to beat the Nuggets, 126-119. Nikola Jokic wasn't bad by any means. 24 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, 7 turnovers. Mark, I, I find it. I'm kind of shocked at the idea that plenty of people believe that Jokic lost the MVP yeah. to Embiid on Saturday and can't get it back. One game? One game? I get it. It's head-to-head. But one game yeah. makes that, that big of a difference? That that part. Well, I mean, there, there are always those voters that want a reason not to have to vote. For the Joker, and I understand, you know, that that's where they are right now. So that gives them, I mean, it gives them a little bit of a feather in their cap, but it's January, and it's the day before AFC and NFC Championship Sunday, which, you know, we know how dominant that news cycle is. So, hey, listen, I get it, but guess what? Embiid's got to come here. When was that? You said in March? Late March, yeah. Late March, uh, when when playoff pushes are, are being made. Like, that's going to be... that. You got a chance to rectify that, you know. You got a chance to shut all those people up. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy it. You're you're talking about a long season, 82 games. They only go up against each other twice. They don't play in the same conference. Um, the Nuggets are in the midst of a road trip. Sixers are sitting at home waiting. I think all those things have to be taken into consideration. And I give the voters who have proven themselves the last two years incorrectly mm. turning out tuning out the noise to be able to still. Recognize that Jokic is a two-time MVP. I guess I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they won't get overly swayed by just one game. By the way, what are the odds that Embiid comes out and and plays great basketball without having to take a week off here or a week off there? Like that's his. That's it. That's one of the the things that that's his history. He he can't stay healthy. Can't he's not available at times. So we'll see. Second down. The Avalanche go into a extended all-star break. Don't play again until next Tuesday. So they're off, and they go into the break on a high note, winning seven out of eight. They beat the Blues on Saturday, 4-2. to two. How do you feel about them at the break right now? I feel really good about what they've done. I think their goaltending has been a lot better here down the stretch. Um, they, they've increased that. I think they've made some moves to... To go out and get some pieces, um, you know, from a veteran standpoint, a leadership standpoint, I I feel pretty good about what they've done. I'm I'm, I'm pretty bullish. I think there's a lot to like uh, for a couple reasons. You you've seen better play from Evan Rodriguez, Alex Newhook, JT Comfer. So much talked about. Hey, with some of the guys leaving, Nazem Kadri, mm-hmm. you're going to give some of these other guys a chance to step up. Do what do they do with the opportunity? They're doing more. Plus, Gabe Landeskog. Coming back from that knee, it's taken longer than we all thought or hoped, but the plan is for him to start skating again after the All-Star break. And I just think that they 
when they had that team meeting, the way that they instantly responded. Mm-hmm. There was a flipping of the switch that shows that this is a team that can still be trusted, counted upon. And Mark, I look around the Western Conference, I just there's nobody that that scares me. There's nobody in the West that scares me. So do I feel really good about the about the Avs' chance of getting back to the Stanley Cup Finals? Absolutely. Now, winning it, because I think the East is a lot better overall than the West, but as, at least as far as getting there, I, I, your word, I love that word, bullish. I feel very, very bullish as well. Yeah, I do too. I feel good about where they are. Third down. The Broncos coaching search. We continue to wait. Meanwhile, Sean Payton gave us an update on Sean Payton. I'm an analyst, and you know what? They always say, be present right where you're at. And I like all yeah, the, I like hashtag all the way to the left next to you guys, and I really appreciate yeah. it. No, it's been a, a busy week, a great week. We've had a chance to visit with a lot of great owners, a, a lot of outstanding organizations. They're obviously looking for a reboot. I think with the way the coaching hiring process has changed this year, we're seeing it play out a little longer for these clubs. And I think there's more pressure on uh, everyone who's covering it. And and I think it's a good thing because they're allowing teams to get to the right candidates. Uh, I think. Oh, it's real quick. Can I answer? I think in the next week we're going to know a lot more. All right, fine. Sean Payton, I, I continue to light a candle for, for Sean Payton. But twice in the last hour, the name Mike Shanahan came up. Yes. Once by me, once mm-hmm. by James Merrillat. Mm-hmm. When it was thrown out there by Mike Kliss, the idea of a mystery candidate. Why Why wouldn't you ask Mike? I know that you have said repeatedly, Mike Shanahan has told you that as long as Kyle Shanahan is coaching in the NFL, that Mike doesn't want to coach against Kyle. But come on, man. Yeah, AFC, NFC. Yeah, if I'm Kyle, I'm like, Dad, if you got a chance, do it, man. Why would you do it? So do you think the Broncos are asking? Should ask. They will should, ask. Yeah, they should ask. I mean, you know, it's not like Mike has just been sitting around doing nothing. Mike is completely involved, immersed in football. He's immersed in the 49er stuff. Like, it's not like he isn't, isn't familiar with the trends and everything that's going on. He's, he's a, he's living it. He's part of it every day. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I think that you'd be foolish not to ask. He lives right here. He's the most successful coach in the in the organization's history. Uh, there's no question he's got plenty of energy to do it. Like, why not, Mike? I want to revisit this topic right. coming up uh, and, and ask you more about because you spent a lot of time with Mike Shanahan over the last uh, couple of years. I want to get a little bit more of a uh, idea of where he's at right now. One, two, three, fourth down. Ah, oh, the Bengals. You had one job. One job, Cincinnati, and you let us all down. In the locker room, I said, we got to be together. And this team stepped up against a great football team. And uh, we showed this place. That's Arrowhead. It's not Burrowhead out here. I'm here. <sighs> I'm here. Hate that guy, but I respect that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm going to name him. Uh, I've just decided this right now. He's in honorary khaki pants. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I would love to... To adopt him as as such, but that that's a bit of a leap. No, 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 no. Did he no. go tenth overall? Yeah. If he is, if if I mean, if it's if the draft is such a uh, in, like it, it's such an incredible like it, it it's science, you know, an incredible science. And that how did ten teams not think that he was 
Or nine teams. Nine teams, yeah. And he was slated as a late first rounder, and Kansas City just, I mean, he just ran up to the top to get him. Real quick, I just saw the highlight again of him running out of bounds and uh, getting pushed. Mm-hmm. Do you throw the flag there? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. His whole body is out of bounds. But I've always been of the belief, mm-hmm. and this is for hockey, this is for basketball, this is for football, that when you get into the fourth quarter, you call the game differently than you do in the first quarter. Especially in a playoff game, especially in a championship game. I really am a fan of, of swallowing the whistle. But because it's the quarterback, because it's him, that, that rule doesn't apply? Why, why not? No. Why not just swallow the whistle, man? Because the guy was two steps out of bounds and he got shoved in the back. Hey, listen, man. I like Think about, go back to the first Super Bowl win the Broncos ever had. The final drive to go up 31-24. You know what happened on that, on that drive? We got a holding call and pushed us back. On an, in in that moment, and it could have been a you could have said swallow the whistle is a ticky tack foul, but good teams find a way to overcome it. So I don't have any. I don't like the officiating. The officiating to me had very little to do with with who won this game and who didn't win this game. That'll do it for four down territory. A tour around the Denver sports scene coming up next. At what point will this ownership group understand Jim Harbaugh's just not that into you? Move on. That's next. Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. What's trending coming up at uh, 730? Got some great audio from the uh, championship games yesterday. Some stuff that'll just make you just just grit your teeth if you're a Bronco fan with the uh, with the Chiefs, but um, I'm here. We'll get to that coming up at seven thirty. In the meantime, what's it going to take for this ownership group to understand Jim Harbaugh just isn't into you? I uh, this is like a rom com. Yeah, it is a little bit. I'll never let go. It does feel that way a little bit, right? Does feel like you're you're that was your first guy. That's the guy you wanted. You had the Stanford ties and all that stuff, and um, ultimately you're just continuing to check. Are you still like you still want to stay at Michigan? At some point you get up. I mean, I get I get if that's your guy, and he hasn't gotten a new contract at Michigan. But I would ask you, Mike, do you really want a dude that doesn't want to be your head coach? Do you want to just badger him into being your head coach? At this point, I don't want him. And I did at the start. It was him and Peyton, 1 and 1A. One but it's it's clear he wants to stay at Michigan. Uh-huh. He's using the Broncos. That's all this is. He's just using the Broncos in their desperation to get that, that deal done with Michigan, which, by the way, hasn't been done yet. And I can understand why the feeling is that leaves the door open. But if Harbaugh really wanted this job... It's clear the ownership group wants him. If he really wanted this job, he would have jumped by now. Right. He doesn't want it. 
and if he and if it gets to the point where he feels like everybody was not if he if it gets to the point where he feels like he has to take it because Michigan just won't step up, do you want Harbaugh under those conditions? Here's the other thing. Well, no, probably not. But he keeps. I mean, he doesn't have that new contract, and he keeps turning it down. I mean, is he basically saying I'd even stay here over going there, even with the allure of being a head coach in the NFL again, and you know, and what seems to be very deep pockets? And then you had a, you had like done some research over the weekend about somebody who was a writer in Miami, writer in Boston right now, who had you know the parameters of a deal done for Sean Payton. Last year, going to Miami. Yeah, so this guy, Ben Volan, who covers the, the Patriots for the Boston Globe, and before that spent about a decade covering the Dolphins. So he's been all over this Dolphins, Sean Payton, Tom Brady story from the start. Right. And it's and based on his reporting, it's the worst kept secret out there that Sean Payton and Tom Brady were had agreed to mm-hmm. team up to coach the Miami Dolphins until the Brian Flores lawsuit came along and that blew it all up. But... He even reported that the the struck the, there was a contract agreed upon for Peyton to coach the Dolphins five years hundred million yeah so if Peyton was going to be able to get five years hundred million from the Dolphins of course that would be the starting point for what he would ask from the Broncos or anybody else interested in hiring him correct so there you go how much how much of the cooling off of, of Sean Payton has been Sean Payton not wanting several jobs. How much of it has been the New Orleans Saints basically floating the two first-round draft choices out there? Like, how much has that diminished Sean Payton here in the public's eyes? Are, are we supposed to believe Sean Payton, Adam Schefter, when, when they both come out and say that He's negotiating his deal. Right. Hit the trade parameters. Here's, here's this isn't going to be held up. Let me that, ask that, that if Peyton really wants to go somewhere, it's not going to be right. dynamited by the Saints. Here's here's the deal. If you're Sean Payton, you go back to Mickey Loomis, who's the general manager of the Saints, and you go back to the Saints ownership and say, Here's the either you guys are going to get a first rounder, right? You get a late first rounder, maybe, you know, maybe a third or a fourth, whatever it is. And I'm going to go coach the Broncos, or you're going to get nothing this year. And I'm just going to sit out and do television again. And at at some point, and then next year, he's going to have to go back through the same process over again. So at some point, if you're the Saints, can you be forced to to actually cut a a good deal for Sean Payton? So let's let's... Move off from Peyton here for a second, because right. this, this was interesting over the weekend. So, reportedly, the team informed Raheem Morris, David Shaw, Jim Caldwell, and Ejero Evero that they're going in a different direction. The idea of a new pool of candidates, Brian Callahan, Mike Kafka, Jonathan Ginn, mm-hmm. was kind of cooled by Mike Kliss, who said his read is the Broncos are not going to get into another big candidate group that they will continue to work within the group that they have left. Well, Correct. the group that's left now, out of the initial group, there's there's D'Amico Ryans. Most people believe going to Houston. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Jim Harbaugh. 
enough said there. There's Sean Payton. Right. But Mike did talk last week about a mystery candidate. Right. And we've speculated, hey, if you're the Broncos at this point, ask Mike Shanahan what he's doing. Make the call to Mike Shanahan. You know Mike very well. You've watched hours upon hours upon hours of film with Mike Shanahan over the last couple of years. You've said many times on this show, you've you've basically been taking a crash course in football with Professor Shanahan, yeah. correct? Sure. Where, where's this guy at? Where's where's his tank at? What's how connected is this guy? How, how where would your confidence level be that he could step in today, start running the Broncos, and do it at a level that uh, would 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 make us all feel like all right, we we can now go head to head coaching with anybody in the NFL. Where's your confidence level at? Um, what like on a scale of one to ten? Yeah, ten. 10. No doubt. There's no doubt that he has the energy to do it. There's no doubt that he has the authority to do it. There's no gen- doubt that he has the, uh, the the acumen and the, like, everything that they are doing in San Francisco, everything that everybody is copying across the league, he's got his hands in all of it. In all of it. And so, you know, one thing that I have I have talked about consistently in regards to this franchise is that you need somebody who has the two fears. The biblical fear, the the awesome reverence about what that guy is, who that guy is, and what he has done, and then just the fear of, oh my God, if I don't get my job done, I will get fired. And he brings he brings that level of intensity both as a coach and as a player. And this is really has a ton to do with your coaching staff. And like Mike is, there's no question Mike's in charge. You don't want to let that guy down. And you know, there are consequences for letting that guy down. And the only thing holding him back from being a coach in the NFL again is he doesn't want to coach against Kyle. Well, I, there's, yeah, there's that aspect of it. And there's also the aspect of, do you have the ownership in place? Very much like Sean Payton said, you got to have the right ownership in place. You got to have guys that want to do it the right way. And then you got to have a quarterback. Now, do you believe, does Mike Shanahan believe that Russell Wilson is washed or does Mike Shanahan believe that Russell Wilson can play? And I guarantee you that in the right system, running the right stuff, Mike believes that Shanahan, or Mike believes that, that, that Russell Wilson is you can still operate at a high level. My choice still is Sean Payton. But if you can't rescue this Sean Payton thing, then go get Mike Shanahan. Because honestly, if you can't get Sean Payton, in my opinion, Mike Shanahan is the only guy left that can somehow salvage this pathetic head coaching search that has been put together by this uh, new ownership group. What's trending coming up next? And there's one person and one person alone that we all need to blame for the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. That's next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Well, all of us who are upset that the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl, there's one person to blame and one person only. It's Cincinnati Mayor Aftab Purval who talked. What? I don't know. Aftab Purval. I think I'm in the in the neighborhood. Anyway, he started doing silly stuff on Friday. 
Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test confirming whether or not he's his father. Oh. Whereas all season long... All right, that's enough, that's, that's, that's you know, enough, right? You, just, got, you got the gist of it. As soon as I saw that, I was what? like, you are going to lose. We are screwed. You're going to lose. Did you, and they all, did lose. Did all you, this burrowhead and right. proclamations and... You better send those refunds. All that stuff. Why Why couldn't the Bengals just shut up? Uh, who is the... Who is the... Did you think that was funny? Dude, unbelievable. Unbelievable mayor. What an idiot. You're one pathetic moron. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. The Bengals. That Everybody. Dude, you know what they need to do to that guy? They need to put him in full pads and have somebody crush him. Just absolutely crush him. That's just me, though. More from that uh, that game, by the way. This is, uh, well, you can get uh, that Ose guy to do it. Huh? Who's the guy that pushed Mahomes out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could do it. Jermaine Pratt, who's a Cincinnati linebacker, was uh, overheard getting angry at Osai. Oh, my God, Why'd you touch the quarterback? Yeah. I felt bad for the guy. He's over there. It's like it, you know, he's crying. He's he's all alone on the right. bench. People are sort of coming over to him to, to console him, but not much. He knows he screwed up. Yeah. I listen, man. He goes down in I understand Bengal goat history. Well, I understand. I understand when you're r- running, you're hustling, you're doing that, and you just kinda lose your mind. Yeah, but I you, get, I get but, that. No, I don't get it. No, oh, sorry, I, I don't. I, because you, you can't know what? do it, but I because get it. Because you know what? If you're a defensive player in this league for five minutes, you understand what you can or cannot do. And you've been playing an entire season against quarterbacks, and you've had that play countless times. Mm-hmm. You know what to do and what not to do. Can't do it. It's It's inexcusable. It is inexcusable, but I understand it. I understand. I, I do. I, I get running over there and trying to make a play and hustling. Now, that one, you know, you're two yards out of bounds. You can't touch it. I get that, too. But I, I understand I understand the losing your mind mentality of when you're trying to make a play. So, anyhow. Meanwhile, after the game, Travis Kelsey. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, mm. you jabroni. <laughs> oh, God. Mm. Bengals, you had one job. <laughs> one job. Come on, man. And now we got two weeks of this. Two weeks. <laughs> Meanwhile, what the heck was the Empire State Building doing yesterday? Right? So they paid tribute to their Philadelphia neighbors. You what? They lit up the top of the Empire State Building in green and white. Now, I get it. The Jets have given you no excuse to put those colors up there. How in the world do you do that in New York City? 
home of the Giants, rivals of the Eagles. Yeah. How do you do that? Somebody's got to be fired. You would think. You right? would think. the Unless it was the Empire State Building itself that did it. You mean the Empire State Building is self-aware? Yeah. Yeah. It's like some Terminator. Right. Oh, it's only a matter of time. Terminator stuff, man. Yeah. Before they take over. Once you start uh, AI and the machines, it's only a matter of time before they get rid of us. Pretty soon. Could have all started right here with the uh, Empire State Building. On January... 29th, mm. the Empire State Building. That's when it'll go down in the history books. That's when you became self aware. Mm. You're close. Give them to me. Yep. Now. Dick Montfort. What a weekend for Dick Montfort. So, first, he's speaking at a event in Greeley, and he says, quote, I think we could play five hundred ball. Hey, way to way to aim high there, Dick. All right. Hey, if all if everything falls in our favor, we could be 500. Tonight it didn't happen. Right. If we really, I mean, we're going to have to play great. We're going to have to steal a couple of victories, you know, but uh, set our jaws. We could be 500. That tells you how bad they're going to be because normally Dick's like, hey, I think we could compete for the pennant this year. Right. I think we could win 90 games this year. The fact that. The, the, as far as he'll go is 500? Right. Tells you just how bad they're going to be. We are so screwed. how many how many games are they actually going to be under 500 if his goal is we could be 500? Oh, if he thinks the best they can do is 81 and 81, yeah. then this is a, a team will be scraping to win 70. A lot of times, W. Yeah. Tonight it didn't happen. Maybe 60. I think I saw an over-under on them at around 62, 62 and a half. Yeah. One thing you can say about the Rockies, they've never lost 100. Okay. They've been able to avoid 100. The Hunyon. Wow. But there you go. Yeah. Oh, he also he also delivered this, uh, this, this last nugget over the weekend. He was talking about the uh, Padres, and the Padres are spending money on, uh, let's see, Machado, mm-hmm. Soto. Really good players. Tatis. Yes. And they just went and signed Xander Bogats. Bogats. To like this 11-year deal worth $250 million. I mean, this crate they're, they're going right. for, right? Yeah. And here's what Monfort had to say, quote, What the Padres are doing, I don't 100% agree with. Though I know that our fans probably agree with it. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. this man! No! Yes, Dick, why would we want you to shower? Yes. Why wouldn't we want you to shower? No, Dick, be more fiscally responsible. Don't spend money. Yeah, spend money Let's on- Let's do it with the kids. Yeah, spend money on other people's players. Why would they spend money on a guy like Xander Bogots when you can pay money to have a guy play for some other organization? <laughs> Doesn't make sense Doesn't to make me. Sense. I don't. I don't agree with it. Inconceivable. Now I, I, I get it. If you want to pay money for Xander Bogarts to have him play for the Dodgers, now that makes sense <laughs> to me. Oh, pitchers and catchers reporting in just a couple of weeks. Mm. Everybody excited. Where's the Broncos coaching search at? Did uh, Nikola Jokic lose the MVP? How are we feeling about the Avs at the All-Star break? We'll get to all that coming up next.
Loosen up those joints and muscles. It's time for your 745 stretch. Here's Schlereth and Evans with the biggest story in Denver sports. <laughs> Got this uh, text from a listener said, hey, do the Broncos have a coach yet? No. And by Bronco standards, Bronco new ownership standards, this was a uh, another interesting weekend with all kinds of little nuggets and mini bombshells. So let's uh, recap what happened over the weekend. So we learned that the Broncos did go out and met with Jim Harbaugh in person uh, early last week. Harbaugh said, thanks, but no thanks. The uh, Broncos also reportedly told uh, a bunch of their candidates from the initial pool of candidates that we're going in a different direction. So they told Raheem Morris, David Shaw, Jim Caldwell, and Ijero Ivero that they're going in a different direction. Mike Kliss said, and I want to read Mike's report directly, he said, lots of talk about potential for Broncos to expand the head coaching search. My read, that's not the case. Broncos appear focused on the current candidate group. There is a plan. A lot of crazy stuff out there. Let me ask you this. You know, the, the mystery candidate, we've talked about the mystery candidate. So right now, it really looks like there's there's either Sean Payton, I think D'Amico Ryan, well, J- Jim Harbaugh has turned you down flat twice now. D'Amico Ryan's feels like, everything I've heard, feels like he's going to Houston, and why wouldn't he? And that would make the most sense to me. There's not, and it can't be a lot of expectations in Houston. So that seems, and plus you got draft capital and everything else. So that seems to be the place that D'Amico Ryan's is going to go. So you've got one candidate, Sean Payton, who's available. But you've got to negotiate with the Saints to get him. And then they've talked about a mystery candidate. We've brought up Mike Shanahan. I mean, that's always the name that's going to get floated out there. Is there anybody else, mystery candidate-wise, that you might think, hmm? Because the mystery candidate wouldn't be Mike Kafka, right? Because if you're, if, you're, if you're going to look at, at mystery candidates, why, why not just say, hey, here, here are the, the next group of coaches we're looking at. Have Jonathan you, Gannon, Mike right. Kafka, Brian Callahan. Uh, that, that would be very easy to just come out and say, a mystery candidate. Right. That's not Brian Callahan. Right. Not Callahan Otto. That's not Jonathan Gannon. That's just the, the next pool of candidates. And Mike says, Mike Liss says, uh, he, his read is they're not going to go in that, in that direction. So then what you're telling me is it comes down to this. It comes down to Jim Harbaugh, if you think that that door is still open. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they went back to him again. Right. And Michigan does have a new deal with Harbaugh. I, I guess the door is still open for Harbaugh, right? So you got, I suppose, you got Harbaugh, right. you got Peyton, you got Ryan's, and you got mystery candidate, right? Is right. that it? That's yeah. four four people. That one of those four. I would say Wallace on the Wallace on the text line. Who could be another mystery candidate that we're not thinking about? Oh, we got Jason Garrett, Urban Meyer, Bill Cower, <laughs> Bill Cower. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's still on that one-way ticket to Thailand. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I don't think he's returned. Beautiful view out there in Thailand. Kellen Moore. 
got released from the Cowboys as their coordinator. Atta. What do you think? Is there anybody out there that really, truly... Yeah, I want Peyton. I want Sean Peyton. Okay, that's and, where and, you are. And right no now. matter what went down throughout this whole thing, this is still a relationship that could be salvaged. You should not balk at giving up a first-round pick. Now, there have been reports that what's holding up uh, a potential for a deal is that Mickey Loomis, the GM of the Saints, is asking for two first-round picks. Well, that that flies against what even Peyton himself said, was that he's basically negotiating his deal. That if he wants to go somewhere, he's going to... He, Peyton will be... In, uh, will be doing the mm-hmm. uh, uh, talks, the negotiations with Mickey Loomis. I can't imagine, Mark, can you, that if if Sean Payton wants a job, let's say wants the Broncos job, and the Broncos are saying we'll give you the 29th pick in the draft and a third-round pick, and Payton wants to go here, I can't imagine Mickey Loomis saying, sorry, we're going to hold out for more. Right. I can't either. And then, you know, then there's another then you have to go, okay, if, he, if they do, though, then Sean goes back to television, and then next year you start the whole process over again. And we had Adam Schefter on last week who said, let's think about I mean, let's just face it, too, is, is you know, at that point there will probably be 8 to 10 openings because that's usually how the cycle goes. So there will be more teams with, you know, essentially more draft capital, but ultimately, like, Sean Bain's going to go coach somewhere at some point. So do you want to wait, or do you want to just take the, the 29th overall and whatever else comes with it and say, okay, we move on? You don't have that hanging over your franchise head. I mean, I, I just assume move on, then wait, if I was if I were the Saints. But that's, you know, that's me. Again, I don't have, I don't have the same, you know, I don't, I don't have the same feel or the same, I don't put the same value on draft picks that, you know, some people do. So we wait. We wait. D'Amico when, Ryan, when do you think it'll get done? When do I think it'll get done? Yeah, what do you think? I think D'Amico Ryan's I think D'Amico Ryan's um starts negotiating. I think I think it comes out probably today that he's gonna pick the Texans. Do you think and, it's the Texans? Yeah, and I think they're gonna start negotiating that deal. And remember, it's not like it's not like you go, okay, both teams, throw me your best deal. Throw me like and you're not pitting one against the other. You pick the team and then you negotiate the contract. All right, so if Ryan's ends up going to Houston, then and you're not expanding the pool, then it's Harbaugh, Peyton, mystery candidate. Yeah. And I don't think the mystery candidate, by the way, because I've gotten, you know, Eric Bianami. You talked about Jonathan Ann. I don't think they're going to wait till after the Super Bowl to hire a coach. I think Gannon and, and Bienemy, who are going to be coaching in the Super Bowl, th- those guys are off the table. Don't you think? Correct. They're off limits. You, you, well, they're off limits, but I, I think they're they're like I don't think you want to sit here and go, okay, we're going to wait for two more weeks before we fill our coaching vacancy. Like I think all these coaching vacancies are going to get filled. At some point this week, Indy, Arizona, what's left? Indy, Arizona, and Denver, right? Correct. Don't you think? Do you think anybody's waiting until after the Super Bowl to fill their vacancy? We've already gone longer than we we ever have into the championship games. 
with sure. only one job being filled. No, I would think this is this is the week that the dam breaks, but let's get the damn thing done. Mm-hmm. It's getting exhausting. Meanwhile, I I completely disagree with this idea that was advanced over the weekend that Nikola Jokic lost the MVP to Joel Embiid. Yeah. Saw a lot of that over the weekend. Well, unfortunately, that probably means Jokic. How? In one game. How does one game? What? You match up twice with Philadelphia. This was the first matchup. Yeah. You don't play in the same conference. You only play twice a year. How can one game shift everything? I get it. It's head-to-head. Embiid was the clear winner. The Sixers won. Embiid was a monster. But, But how does that one game decide an MVP vote? I don't. You know, Philly, I don't buy that. You know what a Philly will probably do? When they meet here in late March, they'll probably sit Embiid. No, nah, he couldn't do that. Soft. He couldn't do that. There's no way. Why? Because if because if you do that, soft. Then you're taking yourself then then you're taking yourself out of it. You're on the road. You give him a uh you got a little bit of a foot. Because if I'm if I'm somebody that foolish and I don't I'm going to give the voters who vote on the MVP a lot more credit uh, because they were able to tune out <laughs> the drumbeat <laughs> that was nonstop from ESPN that somebody else besides Nikola Jokic had to win the first MVP never mind the second MVP mm-hmm. the fact that those voters were able to tune out all that nonsense and pick Jokic and pick Jokic convincingly I'm going to trust these voters are not going to put. Too much stock on just one head-to-head matchup out of 82 games that they're going to look at the bigger picture. Um, I don't give them, I don't, you give them more credit than I do. Really? Yeah. People, I think, I think a lot of these voters are looking for an excuse not to give Nicola three MVPs in a row. Very much just like Steve Nash, we don't want to give it to a guy who hasn't won a championship, who hasn't gotten to the finals, da-da-da-da-da. We don't, and I know that it's a regular season award, but that stuff plays into the mindset of voters. And so they, they'll they use that as an excuse to go, well, look, when the, well, hey, when it was a nationally televised game, both teams were at full strength, blah, 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 went head-to-head. Embiid scored 47, he had 18 rebounds. And not that Joker was bad, but 24, you know, change and change, whatever it was, 8 and 5 or whatever, 8 and 7, whatever, you know, whatever, which are great numbers, don't get me wrong. But, and the fact that you had a a lead in the fourth quarter and you let, I think it was like 14, 15 points at one point, and you let, you know, Embiid and the Sixers come back well, and win. Then I would counter that by saying, well, if you are a voter and you want to put that much stock in a head-to-head matchup, one head-to-head matchup, well, then the one that you should be paying the most attention to is the one out here on March 27th because the season ends on April 9th. I would agree. March 27th, April 9th, that, that's more telling because now you'll really know right. I would where agree. Jokic led the Nuggets and where Embiid led the Sixers, and let's yeah. square off head-to-head and see who I wins. Agree. Okay, but let's just say that the Sixers are playing really good basketball and the Sixers are... You know, locked in whatever seed they're locked in. Where are they right now? What what seed are they right now? Let's say they're locked in at three or four or whatever it is. And, you know, the Nuggets are locked in at one. And the Sixers are like, we can't really improve our stock, so we're not going to play 
Embiid on that game. That's still a ways out before you... I, I get it if yeah. this matchup was with two or three games left in the season, sure, but there's still about ten games left when you're at that point. Philly, by the way, the Philadelphia 76ers are currently second, tied with Milwaukee okay. for the second spot in the East, two and a half behind Boston. Behind Boston. Only one game in the loss column. So they're actually a lot closer than two and a half because it's only one game in the all-important loss column. Where Thank how many games? God. Thank how many God games in still hand? Still a sport where the loss column matters. How many games in hand do they have though? Uh, they have played. Uh, let's see. The Celtics have played 36, 46, 51. Mm-hmm. and the Sixers have played forty-eight. So they have three games in hand. No snap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just, Yeah. I just. Sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't I, either. But I'm just. I started hearing that Saturday, and it picked up on. I was like, "What? No way!" Plus, there is something. I and again, I would hope that the voters would look at this. The the Nuggets are in the midst of a road trip. We're getting close to the All Star break. Come on, where Here. is where is the motivation for the Nuggets and Jokic? Whereas right. Embiid, a runner up to Jokic, come on, you're, you're talking about. Who's going to have more motivation mm-hmm. for that game? And you could say all you want. Well, Jokic needs to rise to the occasion and understand that right. this is. No, you can't. Like the great Sandy Clough once said, you can't manufacture desperation. You either feel it or you don't. And, and Embiid had all the motivation for that game that Jokic just can't match on a, a Saturday afternoon in January. And that shouldn't be held against him. Twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Texts in and says uh, Embiid shot nearly three times the shots the Joker did. I would hope he had more points, but that's not how. I, I'm just telling you, it's not how people that have uh, the people that are influenced and people that have a vote and people that don't want the Joker to win three in a row, they won't look at that. They'll just look at the final numbers. 